Welcome, and thank you for listening today. This Caregiver Life podcast focuses on caregivers from all walks of life. Throughout the episode, we will hear from caregivers on the front line, those who do the day-to-day, sometimes hour-to-hour caregiving. We will also hear from care recipients, professionals in the field of caregiving, and other various topics of interest to those living this caregiver life. Okay, well, hello to another edition of this Caregiver Life podcast. Our guest today is Crystal Holdip. Crystal is a millennial caregiver caring for her parents. Crystal reached out to us from our This Caregiver Life Facebook page. We were um, and are continued to be interested in learning more about younger caregivers and the impact caring has had on their lives. Crystal shared with me via email that she cares for both her mom and dad. Um, Her mom has impairments and chronic pain from a ruptured brain aneurysm, massive stroke, glaucoma, rheumatoid arthritis, and her dad has stage four prostate cancer and bone, um, it's metastasized to his bone. Crystal is 33 years old. She became a caregiver at 27 years of age, so we consider Crystal to be a millennial caregiver. Um, her mom has is impaired cognitively and intellectually and in doing tasks for herself, so she needs assistance on a daily basis from a caregiver. Uh, Crystal get, helps her get dressed, um, helps her bathe, prepare, serves her meals. She does errands for them. I'm assuming that you do very similar for your dad as well. Yes. Um, you probably also handle um, their finances. Yes. Make sure everything is paid and um, that there's regular, you know, food in the house and all the food shopping and all the things that we have to take care of that include our finances as well. Um, Crystal represents a growing millennial caregiver sector. So we're interested in speaking with Crystal and learning more about you. So how did you, you have a really impactful story about how you became a caregiver. Would you like to share that with us? Sure. Um, About almost seven years ago, not quite seven years yet, um, my dad was having some symptoms of serious illness and we weren't sure what was going on. We didn't know what was happening, but we saw these symptoms and he was, it was increasing and getting worse. And so he started, I guess, going to the doctor to find out what's wrong. But during that process, he was, was it, he was losing his energy. He was fatigued a lot. He would fall on the ground and I would have to pick him up off the ground. And so he was getting in pain and all, of the, all sorts of discomfort. So he needed my assistance. So I would do different tasks and errands for him. And I would just be there to, you know, watch him to make sure he is fine. And that was beginning of becoming a caregiver. And then once the diagnosis came in, we found out he had stage four cancer. And that was a real blow shock because I, I mean, at least myself, I had no, I didn't think it would be that serious. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't think he would have stage four cancer. So obviously something has been going on longer than what we thought. And so, that was what we find out. Wow, and that was seven years ago? Almost, about almost seven years ago, yes. 
So how's your dad doing now? Um, he, he is, has to, to be honest, he is declining. He is declining. He is in bed more often. He's in a lot of pain. He can't get move. He's struggling to move about like he was. He, he needs a walker to be able to walk about. So it's like the task that I'm doing for him has increased even more now because uh, his is moved is spread deeper into his burn and burns. And so now I'm left to mainly do everything for him now. About how many hours um, a day do you think caregiving uh, consumes for you? Um, it's sometimes it feels like it's 24 hours, if, although there are times when they're not needing anything specific, but I'm just there to watch them to make sure they're fine. But um, it's, it's, it's day and night, basically. It's around the clock. It's, you know, even if I go out and do errands, I'm coming back and, you know, um, you know, doing tasks for them, assisting in the bathroom, you know, it's just constant, you know, ongoing. Mm -hmm. And so you shared a, an article with me um, about really a big event that happened. Could you share a little bit of that with us? I'll share the article when I when I post this podcast as well, so other people could read it. But I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. Okay, so last year, January, um, my mom seemed a bit different. She was having some health challenges and we knew she was, she was saying that she wasn't feeling herself. And so we knew, we didn't know what was wrong. And so eventually she, one day she got this really, really bad headache and I just thought it was a headache. So I said, you know, you want some Advil or Tylenol, one of them. And maybe that will help with your headache. And it was really bad. And I didn't, I wasn't educated or known. I don't know about the stroke that she actually had. I didn't know about the symptoms concerning that. And so she had this headache and I just gave her something for it. And so I was about to actually go to work because I had a part-time job at a nursery school. And so I gave her the headache, My, I mean, sorry, I gave her the tablets, the pills for, for the headache. And I laughed when my dad was there. And so he assisted her and was there with her. So while at work, it was on my mind, but you know, I thought it, maybe the medicine would help take the headache away. And so I came back and found out that it was work. She couldn't walk. And so I was like, wow. And so my dad's like called for an ambulance when I came back from work. And so I called for an ambulance, explained that they came washing and, and she couldn't walk and she just wasn't herself you know, and was kind of confused a little bit with what, what was going on and what was happening with her. And so we rushed to the hospital and we went through the emergency room and all kinds of things. And they did the testing to find out what was wrong. And then we find out that she has bleeding on her brain. She had an aneurysm and a stroke. Um, 
and we went from there and that's how that all started and she's wow, that's, a, that's a lot for you to take on do you do this all by yourself care for your parents i do most of it on my own um in the beginning it felt like i was doing everything on my own um but i do most of it on my own um, my sister works during the day uh she's got other responsibilities and she does help a little here and there but mostly on my own i'm, I'm carrying a, a lot you are carrying a lot and you and i have um, been communicating a little bit i appreciate your patience i think we got in touch by you got in touch by email oh in december or so 2019 and we had to put it off and i had to have surgery and so you know we are we truly are caregivers who um with this caregiver life podcast so <laughs> yeah <laughs> we are working caregivers and so i think when when we have our guests um lined up to come on everybody understands when we have to have some delays and so we did have to have those delays and it probably came at a good time for you because you just had a big move didn't you yes um yeah we had a mill situation going on in our home and we had to move out for health reasons how it came about is that um i actually met a friend who's like a sister to me i met her and she, i didn't even know it was a new friend i didn't even know that she worked in the um corporation that our housing is under and so I was talking about to her some of the challenges that we were having and she told me that she worked there and she immediately got on top of it and that's how things began to swiftly change and things start getting better in that area for our housing because many know that um, mold uh, can cause a lot of um, health issues and one of the health issues that it was causing for myself was, was that i was having constant asthma attacks on and there's a lot of respiratory infections and digestive issues and just all kinds of challenges in my body that you know wasn't really happening before i mean i i've always had some physical challenges since i was a teenager but it was just increasingly you know just things happening increasingly in my body that was that's strange and off so and my dad with his cancer, we wondered if possibly um, the mold um, situation was causing, you know, that to spring up. We didn't know. We don't know. But, um, yeah. So are you feeling better even since you've been there? You've only been in your new place for a few days, a week maybe, right? Probably about two. It's probably over two weeks, I think. It's over two weeks yeah, about now. Maybe going on for three or so. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's healthier. It's I, I like the new environment. Also, it's good to sometimes be in a new environment and atmosphere, see new things. You know, um, I like going outside and seeing. I don't get to do this often, but you know, I like that there's a new scenery around us from what, where we was before. Oh, that's good. Now, where when what area do you live? Um, I live in Davenshire. There, so in Bermuda, so in Bermuda, there is nine parishes and so um the parish that i lived in before was pembroke and now i live in Devonshire. oh wow that's pretty cool yes 
And so do they um, have caregiving assistance there? You know, in the United States, there isn't an awful lot of assistance for family caregivers. And you and I talked a little bit uh, via texting that you would potentially be having some, some assistance coming in. How is that looking for you? How do, um, yeah, so I've been, you know, learning to that I can't just carry this all on my own anymore. Uh, well, at least most of it on my own, especially um, concerning the health issues that I started to get um, outside of what I was experiencing, like asthma, it was other stuff like, like chronic pain in my leg and all kinds of other issues. And it was a lot of stress. And I felt like I was at a place of emotional um, burnout and exhaustion. And so um, I realized, you know, I can try to like be the one to, you know, carry all of this, most of it all on my own. I, I need to get help. And it's nice to want to care and help, but if it's affecting me, someone else needs to come in and help out. So um, along the way, um, there are other people that have noticed it and has, you know, given me tips and, you know, wisdom on what I need to do. Um, and I just reached out to the people in Bermuda that offer help. Like um, they have different agencies here for caregiving. They have financial assistance to help if, 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 if people can't afford a caregiver for some reason. Um, and they offer um, even some respite, respite, I think. I just respite, right? Respite here, Rest. yeah. yeah. So that will give you an opportunity to do some things for yourself. Yes. Which is really so important. Respite care, and, and, and we do, it depends on where you live in the United States for respite care um, and how much you can get and you know, what the services are in your area. But it's, a, it's something I encourage all caregivers to, to reach out is to find respite care for themselves. Everybody needs a little time away. Yes, yes, that's very important because it was affecting me and I felt like I couldn't take it anymore. And so I didn't want, I want to be at my best for my parents or any, in anything that I have to do. And so when it starts affecting, that means that um, something's out of balance, something's not working and something else needs to be put in place. That's true. You do. And, and you're, you're talking today about all those really important points about how stress affects our bodies. I've been a caregiver for 26 years. Um, the last few years have been the most challenging in the long run for me, I think, and there'll be more challenging days ahead. Mm -hmm. um, and I have been really good at taking care of my health. And sometimes I've not been very good at taking care of my health and I've suffered as a result of it. And the added burden, and it is a burden now, I mean, it in a bad way, but it is an extra challenge burden to take care of another person. You're taking care of two more people. So two people plus yourself, that's three people. That means sometimes for you, you're making doctor appointments for your mom or your dad or both yeah. of them, and then you're not feeling great. You almost don't want to go to the doctor yourself because you get burnout from going to the doctor. You think, I'd rather go sit in a cafe and have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or be with a friend of mine than go sit in a doctor's office. And yet, when we don't take care of our health, we're going to suffer.
that we suffer, yes. people we care for suffer. But even more than that, we all should be taking care of ourselves, regardless of whether we care for other people or not. We are important too. Yes. That's such an important message. So what is, um, how, how do you relieve some of the stress of caregiving? I know you made this big move and maybe you don't have an answer to like how you will relieve the stress right now, but when you have respite care, what are you looking forward to being able to do? I'm looking forward to getting, getting away. Like, um, I would like to um, stay somewhere. I mean, I don't mind. I like where I am now, but just stay somewhere outside of where I am now for maybe a few weeks. Like, if I can travel, that would be good. Um, I know my funds are tight right now, but um, with the support services in place and the people that are offering to help me and people who like a lot of different great things are coming my way, offers are coming my way. I can, it, it can still be possible because, you know, when other people begin to notice, you know, and they begin to offer help, you know, we can't just refuse it. We just gotta, you know, sometimes um, just be humble and accept the help and move on there. So I'm hoping to, um, get away to maybe have some time away from even my home environment just to rest and relax, you know, and to recharge and reflect and maybe, you know, put some strategies, some better strategies in place. Put some good strategies in place. I really like that. You're so young to be so, have so much focus on caregiving for yourself and you have so much of your life ahead of you. What are, some of your goals and aspirations that you have for yourself. Well, I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm actually a published author of three books. So I'm into communications and I'm into media and editing and all writing and all this kinds of thing and the arts. I'm, I'm heavily into it. So I'm hoping um, to, um, I work on my business actually is it may not be officially out there but i'm developing a business of editing books for people and helping people in the areas of communication and media type of work so i'm hoping to do more of that i'm hoping to uh work more in, in ministry you know christian ministry mm -hmm. just get more involved and you know just do everything that I feel led and guided, you know, by God to do for my life. You know, you know, I can no longer put this stuff on hold because it's just burning in within me, and I feel God is leading me to do these things. So I have to put things in balance and check, and you know, go go forth from here. Mm -hmm. And you're finding that opportunities is like is really right there. I bet you can almost feel it with respite care and some help right around the corner but tell me about your books what are the name of your books let's promote them okay so the first book is called poems from the heart um and that came out as an ebook in 2011 and as printed book in 2012 and that book is a book of inspirational poetry it talks about different topics of the um encouraging bringing encouragement and instrument inspiration through different topics such as depression, rejection, low self-esteem, and all those sorts of um, topics. And I started actually writing those books as a teenager and just developed, kept writing and developed more of it. And so my second book, uh, Inspiring Women's 
encouragement for the soul. That is a devotional, a 30-day devotional book. And that's inspiration as well, but it's in devotional style and it is biblical. The biblical devotion is to, you know, uh, encourage, to inspire. Again, that is a gift that God has given me. It's a gift of um, encouragement. And that's what I use my writing for, uh, to encourage others. So, And the third book, Resilient, Rise Above the Earth. Ashes is a book on resilience. It's both poetry and nonfiction. So it's encouraging people towards their resilience. Wow. Those sound like fantastic books. Will you, when we finish with our podcast today, would you um, be able to send me the links to your books and then we can push them out there on our social sure. media sites as well? Sure. I, I think that, that you have so much resilience yourself. And I, I think that your story is a powerful story and you haven't given up on aspiring to continue to do your writing and publishing and to growing a business for yourself. You haven't, you haven't let this caregiver life beat you up too bad. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You've really done a great job. I really, it's an honor to have you on our program, maybe with your uh, building your business with communication, you'll come back on. Maybe you build a podcast for yourself. Well, that would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. The podcasts are nice. It introduces you to people all over the world. And we have um, about 1,300 listeners now. So, so we're growing and we're getting ourselves to a point where people are listening when they're driving in the car and they're going to doctor appointments. And um, we hear from our listeners that um, we make them feel less alone in the job that they're doing because it can be so isolating to be a caregiver. Yes, it's very, and that's one of the things I experienced, a lot of loneliness. Um, like, as a millennial, not, majority of my parents are not out there doing this type of stuff. You know, you got some here and there that may have the, be in the same situation, but so it felt very lonely and isolated, like none of my parents really um, could relate to it. And if they could relate to it, it's their grandparents, it's not their parents. Mm-hmm. And so it's from a different angle and pers- and perspective, um, but yeah, it was it was very lonely. I felt trapped a lot of times, you know. But I'm learning to have a different perspective on it, and you know, trying to um, not be pulled in, I guess, so much as before by the loneliness, which turned into a lot of despondency, and so. Right now, I'm, 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 I'm actually not feeling that loneliness, that deep loneliness that I was before. It's, I mean, although I do feel it at times, but it's last now, and I'm seeing things a lot different and more positive, and you know, getting my focus back. You know. Oh, that's so- beautiful. I love hearing that. Um, I think because I remember so long ago when I became a caregiver, I was 33 years old when my husband first got sick. And I had, so I, I was the age you are now. Yes. Was my husband wow. that I was taking care of. And it was, it was lonesome back then. It was in the early 1990s. And um, I, you know, there wasn't an internet and there wasn't a way to connect with people. And my husband and I were just talking about that this morning, that we didn't fit in with all the other families because they didn't understand what was wrong with him. He had a brain infection and you can't. Wow. 
you can't really see a brain infection. You can't yeah. see cognitive impairment so easily. You have to be with them to know and understand that. So right. you didn't quite fit in. So I, I love that now we can be connected. You're in Bermuda and I'm in yes. North Carolina and we're having a great conversation today. And, and, and I think that we're, we're thriving. We're doing more than surviving. And I really encourage our caregivers to seek the thriving part Yes. Being a caregiver to continue to grow. Yes. Well, I appreciate you being on. Um, I will have our, this podcast up and running um, soon, uh, probably within the next week. I have to do a little bit of editing. Okay. Uh, I'll have it ready, and then people can find it on our caregiver, our This Caregiver Life Facebook page, or you can email us at thiscaregiverlife at gmail.com if you have comments that you'd like to share with us and Crystal's podcast and words of encouragement for Crystal and for all caregivers, we'd love to hear that or a story that you'd like to share. We're also on Twitter at Caregiver Life. Um, and we're on Instagram at this Caregiver Life as well. I'm not really great at Instagram yet. Are you good at Instagram? Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. You're pretty good yeah. at it? Yeah. We'll have to take a look at it. Send me a whole bunch of links and I'm going to share all kinds of information about okay. Crystal once we get this podcast up and running and you can hear our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and till the next time okay thank you so much for having me on your show oh you're so welcome thanks for coming on mm-hmm.